Thank you. I appreciate that so much. Well, it's Valentine's weekend, and I wanted to do a message uh, that would challenge us in our relationships, uh, uh, but uh, marriage really is going to be emphasized next weekend with Michael Smalley, and I'm so happy he's able to be with us on Wednesday night as well. What uh, cherry on top of the Sunday. Always like the maraschino cherry, don't you? On top of the Sunday. Anyway, want to talk about re-entering the room. It's a message I heard a, a couple months ago at a pastor's conference, and uh, I took that message and uh, kind of reformatted it so it might be applicable for uh, all of us here today, not just for pastors in ministry. Re-entering the room. 26 years ago, I thought about and I prayed about uh, stepping away from the church, resigning from the church. I felt like the church was turning into something that I wasn't comfortable with, and I wasn't sure if, if I still had a voice, if uh, God still wanted me uh, to be here. And I still remember going down uh, for a walk down Hickory Ridge Road as many, many years ago, 26 years ago, and talking to the Lord about this very thing. Lord, I, I just feel like I, I might have lost my voice. Uh, I'm not sure the people are responding anymore. Do you want me to step down? Uh, are you through with me here? Well, that was 26 years ago, and I really felt like the Lord wanted me to stay. Uh, but uh, things needed to change if I was going to stay. Now, in my mind, I'm thinking what needs to change is some of these people need to change for me to stay. And uh, sure enough, uh, they needed to do a little bit of work. Uh, but the Lord wanted to do a work on me. How many believe that sometimes when you pray, the person that needs to change is the person that's doing the praying, right? Well, that was me. I needed to make some changes inside. I needed, what, a new attitude and a new perspective. God's grace needed to flow into me to renew and restore me. And I remember when I opened up my heart to change me and to get a new attitude, to get a new perspective, it's uh, when I entered into the pulpit, uh, it's like I re-entered that room as a brand new pastor. I was still the same guy, but yet, you know, when you get a different attitude or a different perspective, when God does a work in you, you can re-enter. And I want to talk about re-entering your room, re-entering uh, the room of your marriage, or maybe re-entering the room of your family with your children, maybe re-entering the room in your job, your ministry. Sometimes you need to re-enter the room of your relationship with the Lord, you need to change your attitude concerning that and uh, be renewed again in that. Do you have a bad attitude concerning your marriage or family? Do you struggle at your job? Are you thinking about resigning? Are you contemplating a divorce? Do you hate school? Are you thinking about quitting? Do you need to re-enter the room of your relationship with God? You know, God can help us re-enter with a new attitude, a new perspective, a change of heart. He can do that. This is what it says in Hosea chapter 6, verse 2. After two days, he will revive us. On the third day, he will raise us up that we may live in his sight. The Bible talks about how the Lord can revive, how the Lord can raise up, and cause us, as a word, to live again or to thrive again. 
Thank God for that, right? Psalm 85 verse 6 says, will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in you? This is a question of prayer asking the psalmist is asking of the Lord, will you not please revive us again? And sometimes we need God to do a fresh touch in our heart and life so that we can, as it were, re-enter the room or begin again in our relationships that we need to begin again in. When you re-enter your room, you can have a new attitude, a fresh perspective, a fresh fire, a brand new creativity. I've learned in my 34 years of pastoring that I've had to re-enter the different rooms of ministry a number of different times. You know, I'm not the same person I was when I first came up at age 27. Wasn't the same person I was 26 years ago when I thought maybe my time here had come to an end. Uh, God had taken me through lots of seasons. There's lots of ebbs and flows in ministry. And I've learned this, that God needs to constantly renew, restore, and revive me so that I'm fresh, so I'm a new vessel, as it were. You know how many realize that God does not pour new wine in old wineskins? And you don't have to be an old wineskin you know, already been used, already been stretched, not willing to be used again. God can renew you so you stay fresh and new so that God can pour new oil and new wine into you. And I want God always to be using me, don't you? Always to be using me. You can re-enter instead of quitting. You don't need to quit. You don't need to step down. You don't need to divorce Stay backslidden in your relationship with the Lord. You can begin again. You can begin again. I've had to re-enter the room many times, as I've said. Having a fresh commitment. There are times when I've had to recommit, as it were, to the call of God, to the assignment of the Lord. This has been my assignment for all these years. And uh, you need to endure and persevere if you're going to stay in one place for any length of time. It's the same with marriage. If I've been here 34 years and I've been married 40, almost 42 years, got that right? And uh, I, I missed that up a couple weeks ago. And, uh, you know, I've learned that you need to uh, recommit, put yourself back in there again, change maybe an attitude. It helps keep you fresh, keeps you vibrant. Gives you that brand new perspective. I've learned this. To re-enter the room, you choose to re-enter, and you make a prayerful decision to do so. You choose to re-enter, and you make a prayerful decision to do so. The Bible is filled with examples. I got three of three of them here this morning. The Bible is filled with examples of men and or women of God that re-entered the room, as it were. The first one I want to talk about is this man, Moses. We know the story of Moses. He was raised in Pharaoh's household. And, of course, he murdered that Egyptian, fled for his life to the backside of the desert for 40 years. So Moses fled when he was 40. He was in the backside of the desert when he was 40. So he's 80 years of age. And God appears to him in the backside of a desert with a burning bush, Moses, at this time, you know, it took 40 years for Egypt to get into Moses. It took 40 years for God to take Egypt out of Moses. And now God presents himself in that burning bush, a theophany, an appearance of God in that burning bush. And there Moses is broken and humbled. And there God reveals himself and recommissions him. 
and deals with him about his inadequacies and his sense of weakness and humility. Who am I? I can't talk. What's in your hand? This rod, throw it down. It becomes a snake. Pick it up again. Supernatural. Take that supernatural anointing of God that's in your hand and go and deliver the children of Israel out of Egypt. And Moses had left that room, the palace, 40 years earlier, and now he's stepping into it again. He's re-entering it. Although he's not re-entering it the same person. He's been empowered, recommissioned, broken, humbled, with a brand new perspective and a brand new anointing. He's stepping in. He's reentering that room. And of course, we know the story. He was victorious, right? God flowed through him and strengthened him. And so Moses then becomes an example to us that sometimes when we reenter a room, we have to reenter a room, recommissioned as it were, with a fresh word. No, I want you to continue on doing this. Like 26 years ago, I felt like the Lord gave me a fresh word. I'd already been pastoring for eight years. God gave me a fresh word. I knew I was supposed to step in again, that I wasn't supposed to resign or step away. I went in with a new attitude, with a fresh anointing, with a sense of I need to change some things in my life. That's brokenness, right? And maybe you need to re-enter the room of your marriage with a fresh commitment, with a sense of brokenness, with a new attitude to begin again. That's what happened with Moses. Another biblical example of this man named Joseph and how he had to re-enter the room with his brothers. We know the story of Joseph at age 17. God gave him this dream. That his brothers and fathers are going to bow before him. He tells the dream openly, publicly, and his brothers are motivated by jealousy, and they sold him into slavery, and he finds himself in Potiphar's house, and then he's in prison. So he went from a pit to Potiphar's house to prison. At age 30, he's lifted up out of prison. So that's 13 years. Two to three years of that 13 years, he was in prison. He's in prison over two years, approximately three years. At age 30, he's lifted up out of prison by Pharaoh and put in second in command of all Egypt. Seven years of plenty go by. Now he's 37 years of age. And two years of famine come upon the land over all the earth. Jacob sends his brothers to Egypt to buy grain. So this is nine years into Joseph being lifted up out of prison. So he is 39 years of age. 39 years of age. He's about 20 years of age when he was sold into slavery by his brother. So this is approximately 20 years later. The last time he's in relationship with his brothers, they're filled with jealousy and envy. He's cast into a pit. Joseph is crying out for deliverance, sold into slavery. And so 20 years later, he's going to step into that room of that relationship again with his brothers And in that 20 years, God had to do a work in Joseph. And God was also doing a work in his brothers, bringing them to a place where they would acknowledge their guilt, where they would realize that what they did was wrong, where they'd be open to Joseph again, if that would ever happen. Of course, Joseph is testing them and trying them in all these different ways, I think, to gauge their heart to see if they would be open to a reconciliation with him. And in that 20 years, in that pit, in Potiphar's house, in that prison, God did a work in Joseph that enabled him to re-enter that room and have a fresh 
relationship with his brothers. You know what that work was? Forgiveness. It was forgiveness, and it was a brand new perspective, because Joseph did have a brand new perspective. It just wasn't all bad and evil and wicked what they did. His perspective was this. It was a God perspective. What you intended for evil, God turned for good. So a forgiving heart with a fresh perspective enabled Joseph to reenter the room of this broken relationship and begin again. And God used Joseph to save them. Hmm. Moses, Joseph, I think of King David. David entered the palace as a musician, a teenager playing his harp and singing his songs for King Saul, who was tormented by an evil spirit. Saul recognized the hand of God on him, and David became the armor bearer. So David reentered the room from a musician to an armor bearer. And, of course, a number of years later, at age 30, he stepped into as king over Judah, the tribe. Then at age 37, he stepped in once again to that room as king over all Israel. David wore different hats, had different anointings, different callings, different places of service and ministry. Every time he'd step in, he'd have to step in with a new anointing, with a fresh perspective, be it a musician, a worship leader, an armor bearer, a soldier, right? As king over Judah, now king over all Israel. And I think about another room that David had to reenter a number of years later when he was in his 50s. So about 20 years later, Absalom, his own son, had rebelled against him. David had to leave Jerusalem to save his life. Absalom was killed, and David had to re-enter that room as king. Broken, mournful. Oh, God, can you use me again? Can you use me again? I think about a room that was re-entered that wasn't re-entered the right way. We know the story of Absalom, David's son, and he murdered his own half-brother, Amnon. And then he fled from King David. So there's Absalom dwelling in another country. And David is so angry with his son Absalom because Absalom had murdered David's son, Absalom's stepson, stepbrother, I'm sorry. And through the shenanigans of, yes, I said that word shenanigans, through the shenanigans of Joab, the scheming of Joab, Absalom was brought back into the room with King David. And so the estranged, rebellious son who had fled for his life is coming back into the relationship with his father. He steps into that room. The scripture says David embraced him. But their relationship was not restored. A few years later, Absalom tries to murder his father and has a rebellion. You know, there's times to step into a room, but you need to make sure your heart is right. You've learned your lessons. You have the godly perspective. You're ready to forgive. You have this fresh anointing, this new look given to you by God. Because if you reenter the room and none of those things are taking place, the relationship is not restored. Many times it just makes things worse. And when David and Absalom reentered that room of their relationship as father and son, Absalom wasn't ready to humble himself. David wasn't ready to forgive and reconcile. And they grow apart and rebellion happened in Absalom's heart. And we know the story. We know the story. 
I think about my son, Luke, who came up here when he was just one years of age. And really, Cornerstone Church is the only church he's known. And he's been in all kinds of rooms at Cornerstone Church. He was in the children's room and uh, the nursery. And uh, he was in the youth room. And then uh, Luke went off to college, Oral Roberts, and uh, was there four years. And uh, I remember going into his fourth year, he called and said, Dad, I, I, I really feel drawn back to Cornerstone. I'd love to serve the Lord with you there. And we were able to make room for him here at Cornerstone and give him a place. And I remember he stepped back into the room, not as a teenager, but as a youth pastor. It's not easy to do because the prophet is not without honor, saving his own country. And it's not easy for people to change their perspective. And he had to change his perspective from a snotty-nosed kid running around to now the anointed man of God as a youth pastor. But I think about the different rooms that Lucas had to enter into and re-enter. And I even think about he now has three children and they're in the children's wing. And he used to go to that children's wing, as it were, as a little child. And now he's re-entering the room as a parent of three little kids himself. And I bet you he sees things a lot differently now, re-entering as a parent of children than when he was a little child. Re-entering the room. Re-entering the room. Hmm. There are different rooms in your life. Talk about this for a few minutes. The marriage room. How's that room doing? The marriage room. How's your marriage Do you need to re-enter it? Have you grown distant? Have you had bad attitudes? Have things happened? you have unforgiveness in your heart? Maybe you need to re-enter the room of your marriage with a new attitude and a fresh perspective and a sense of brokenness and forgiveness. I think about the family room, the room with your children. As your children grow up, lots of things can happen. How heartbreaking it is to have a broken relationship with your own children, like David with Absalom, and you have to re-enter that room. How's your relationship with your children, your grown children, your teenagers? Do you need to re-enter as a parent and re-establish relationships And you might be thinking, well, as a parent, you know, well, I'm just waiting for my adult children to step back into this room, and I'm just waiting on them. But uh, the Bible is very clear about this. Parents lay up in store for children, not children for parents. It's As parents, it's our responsibility to make the first step to be the responsible one in the relationship. So you might be waiting for your children. Why don't you make the first step as the parent? The financial room. Do you need to re-enter your financial room? It's a mess. Well, maybe it is a mess. Maybe you need to make a budget, start tithing, be more responsible, trusting God, sell some things off, cut up some credit cards. Maybe you need to re-enter that financial room. Get your house in order, the financial house. There's a lot of rooms There's your career, your job. I hate my job. Well, maybe you do. I hate my boss. Maybe you do. Maybe you need to re-enter. That's the job the Lord has given you. And pray as you might and try as you might. You can't find another job. And God says, I have you right there. You're not leaving. You got to get your heart right. 
I put him in your life or her in your life, and they're the best thing that's ever happened to you because I am using them to work in you patience and love. You know, when I talk about the fruit of the Spirit, love and joy and peace, and on and on it goes. Uh, you know, one of the ways that God works the fruit of the Spirit in you is to put a person in your life that will test and try you in the exact opposite way as that fruit. So let's say you want more love. Well, he'll give you in your life an unlovely person to love. Well, I want some peace, and he'll put some in your life that just stirs things up. All kinds of drama, so you might learn the peaceable fruit of righteousness. Does that make sense? God puts you people and circumstances in your life that are direct opposite of that fruit that he's trying to work in you because you need to exercise that virtue to overcome in that situation or in that relationship. And so the fruit is born out of you as you are placed in adverse situations. Come on, somebody give me a witness. This is great news, isn't it? Reentering rooms. Well, I've had to reenter many rooms. I've already talked about the pulpit. God spoke to me out of John chapter 10. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. But a hireling who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. You know, the Lord has spoken to me out of John chapter 10 when I wanted to maybe leave, and the Lord said, are you a hireling or are you a shepherd? Are you going to leave or are you going to stay and be a shepherd? Well, when I re-entered the room of my ministry, I had to really realize, okay, I am a shepherd, not a hireling. I'm not going to flee when there's danger or trouble or difficulty. I'm going to stick it out, going to stay and remain and be faithful to my assignment, to my marriage. See, sometimes you have to stick it out, don't you? How about the empty nest of nest room of marriage? You know, our children have grown up and they're off and married and have children of their own. And, you know, we loved having our children in our house. And uh, my wife and I went through a time of real mourning when uh, the last of our children moved out, when Luke moved out, got married. And it was a time of mourning. And uh, we felt a real sadness, a real loss probably for a good year, I would think. Remember, was it a good year? And uh, I had to change my attitude that this is just a new season in God. It's a, a new time in the Lord, that this is good, that our life can be full and complete without having children at home, and everything's going to be okay. And my wife and I, we had to re-enter the room because the room of our marriage was now an empty nest room. Well, I have some good news. That room was eventually filled with grandchildren. We had three of them over yesterday. How in the world did we ever do it? We just don't have the energy anymore, do we? No, we don't. But uh, one of the blessings about grandchildren is uh, when they're done, out they go, you know. I'm going to read to you Hosea chapter 3, verses 1 to 3. Talk about reentering the room. Hosea had to do it in marriage. Then the Lord said to me, go again, love a woman who is loved by a lover and is committing adultery. Just like the love of the Lord for the children of Israel, who looked to other gods and loved the raisin cakes of the pagans. 
So I bought her for myself for 15 shekels of silver and one and a half homers of barley. And I said to her, you shall stay with me many days. You shall not play the harlot, nor shall you have a man. So too will I be towards you. Hosea, a prophet, God had commanded him to marry this girl. She had left him, had gone back into harlotry. And now God says, now I want you not to divorce her. I want you to go and get her. He had to literally buy her. She was a slave. He had to buy her back, even though she was his wife, which he did for 15 shekels of silver and some barley, which they said added up to about 30 pieces of silver. Hmm. Interesting. He bought her back and he had to change everything, his attitude towards her. Obviously, she was playing the harlot. She was committing adultery. Hosea re-entered the room of marriage. I want to conclude with this. Hosea received a word from God to re-enter the room of marriage. The Lord said to me, like it says in Hosea chapter 3, verse 1, this word from God made all the difference in the world. It gave him faith and courage and hope. Hosea knew because of this word that God wanted him to re-enter the room of marriage. Certainly, she had gone off and played the harlot, committed adultery. He had grounds for divorce. We understand that. But God said, that's not what I have for you. That's not the plan I have. I want you to re-enter this room, make a fresh commitment, as it were. That's my commandment to you. Now, Hosea is a prophet of the Lord, and we are slaves of God, aren't we? When God gives us commandment, we're supposed to do it and obey it. Not to argue with them or disobey the Lord. Hosea knew God wanted this marriage to stay together. And that goes right back to Matthew chapter 19, verse 6. What God hath joined together, let no man put asunder. Maybe you need a word from God today. Go and love again. Hmm. Hosea re-entered the room with a new attitude. God says, love a woman who is loved by a lover and is committing adultery. Can you imagine that? Love this woman who is loved by a lover and is committing adultery. As it says on New Living Translation, go love your wife again. So Hosea became willing to love again, willing to commit again, willing to risk again. How many of you would agree with this? That it takes courage to love again. It does, doesn't it? Because you open yourself up to being hurt. And if you've been hurt, one of the things you do is you put up a wall of protection around you and you don't let people close because the closer they get, the more open your heart is and then you become vulnerable to be hurt again. And so God tells Hosea, go and love again this woman that is loved by another lover and is committing adultery. She wasn't even repentant yet. And God gave Hosea this commandment. You see, he's reentering this room from a word from God, he knew that God wanted him to do this, and he had to make what? Had to make a new attitude. A new attitude. It's not going to be one of rejection, but it's going to be one of loving and committing myself again. Perhaps you need to re-enter the room of your marriage with a brand new attitude. And this is the word of the Lord to you. Those whom God hath joined together, let no man put asunder. With God, all things are possible. Hmm. Hosea re-entered the room with a fresh perspective. 
says, just like the love of the Lord for the children of Israel, it says that in chapter 3, verse 1, the fresh perspective was this. Hosea would no longer see his wife as a slave, an adulterer, and a harlot. He would see her again as his wife. A fresh perspective. Do you need to change the way you're thinking about things? Maybe you're looking at your spouse or your children or that job in a certain way. And as you look at it that way, man, this job is so hard or my boss is so terrible or my spouse, he is so harsh or she is so distant. Well, maybe the Lord can give you a fresh perspective. Imagine having to change your perspective towards your wife that you had to buy back from slavery that was committing adultery and was a prostitute. Hmm. God put stories like this to let us know that all things are possible. It also, Hosea is a picture of the love of God for the children of Israel had committed adultery, spiritual adultery against God and God was reaching out again to love them, to love them, to love them. And that's what Jesus does, doesn't he? He just loves us again and again and again and again. Thank God for that, right? The love of God. I can't re-enter the room. Think about this. How many times has God re-entered the room of his relationship with you on your, on our, I just won't uh, talk to you. I'm part of this. Uh, in our constant uh, disobedience to the Lord or maybe rebellion or we get this bad attitude or we drifted away and the Lord steps in and re-enters that room and says, I love you. I love you. Oh, Lord, please forgive me. I will. I'll forgive you. Come back into my life. I will. I never left you. I'm right here. I'll never leave you. The Lord is so willing to re-enter that room, isn't he? Hosea re-entered the room with a fresh sacrifice. So I bought her for myself for 15 shekels of silver. He is willing to do whatever it took. He is willing to pay the price. Sometimes that price is forgiveness. Forgiveness. It does cost us something to forgive. Two standards of forgiveness in the Bible are, number one, forgive as God has forgiven you. The second standard is forgive as you want God to forgive you. Forgive as God has forgiven you freely, unconditionally, eternally, completely. Forgive as you want God to forgive you. Well, okay, I'm going to forgive this person just like I want God to forgive me. Partially, half-heartedly, holding a grudge. Not really, not truly, not willing to trust again. Eh, You know what? Forgive as you want God to forgive you. Hosea put his personal pleasure and desire on hold for a season. He told her that they would abstain from sexual relations. He's willing to make that sacrifice. Sometimes you need to elevate the Lord's will above your own personal desires or feelings. It's hard but necessary. Sometimes you want to quit. You want to get out. You want to resign. You want to step down, come off that wall of faithfulness. What God is saying, persevere, endure, Those that endure to the end shall be saved. Stay committed. Work it out. Re-enter that room. Re-enter that room. 
Does God want you to re-enter your room? Whatever that room might be, I've talked about the room of marriage, the room with your children, the room of finances, the room with your job. Maybe even the, the room of your personal relationship with the Lord, you need to step back into that because you've stepped away. You've stepped out of that room. You're not as close as you need to be. If you need to re-enter your room of marriage or family or career or relationship with the Lord, I want you to respond this morning. What concrete steps do you need to make to re-enter your room? What attitude do you need to change? What forgiveness do you need to extend? What perspective do you need to have? A fresh perspective, a godly perspective. Hosea is a great example. So many examples. We talked about David and Joseph and Moses. I talked about my own personal example of stepping back into the room of pastoring 26 years ago. Thank God I did. Thank God I did. So thankful for that. See what the Lord has done. And the Lord can heal and restore and reconcile and revive. The Lord can do all that. But you got to be willing to re-enter, re-enter. Bow your heads in prayer. Can you do that? You're here today, and maybe you need to enter into a personal relationship with the Lord. You're not a Christian. You're not sure about your relationship with God. I want to pray for you. If you're here today and you would say, Pastor Tim, I've never been saved. I've never given my heart to the Lord, but I want to today. Will you pray for me? I would love to pray for you. If you want me to pray for you to give your heart to Christ for the very first time, slip up your hand. Raise your hand, and I will pray for you. Anybody in the house today that say, pray for me, I want to give my life to Jesus. Just raise it up high so I can see it. All right, let's all stand, church. I trust we're all believers in the Lord. Okay, re-entering that room. Imagine this altar is the room that you need to re-enter. Whatever that room might be, the marriage, your family, your job, your relationship with the Lord, finances. And you need to step into that room again. Only this time, it's going to be different because God has broken you, given you a fresh outlook, a new perspective, a brand new commitment, a new anointing. Things are going to be different. You're re-entering. Does that make sense? Re-entering. Now, I preached this down in Peru to ministers about re-entering the room of ministry. And it called for a response. And, you know, there's a lot, lot of ministers there. It was the evening service. The, the altar was packed with ministers, their wives, making a fresh commitment. Getting that brand new perspective. Being willing to forgive or to become the person that God wants them to become. We need that, don't we? As we sing this song, please come forward. I'm going to pray with you. Believe God with you. Can we do that, church? Hallelujah. Let's sing. As God deals with you, step on down. Let's come on down to the altar. Re-enter. 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 Are you? You have every.